What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. We welcome in our SEN tennis expert, Brett Phillips. Hello, BP. Yeah, good morning, Jules. Uh, yeah, I was lucky to see um, a preview and had the director on the first serve, uh, gee, late last year. Um, it's a terrific, let me tell you, if you can get a chance to look at that tonight. I think it was actually at the, um, what about the Melbourne Film Festival yeah. there for a little period, but... Yeah, it's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Um, it, it does take you back uh, to how far the Australian Open has evolved uh, from those two young days uh, to what's uh, transpired at Melbourne Park. And yeah, it is, uh, it's bigger than just a tennis tournament, that's for sure. What, what's Since it's been at Melbourne Park, so since 1988, what, what's the first memory of something that's happened at the Australian Open that comes to your mind? Yeah, good question. I think of the floods. I can't remember what year that oh, was. Oh, that's right. Know. Early 90s, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and look, it was early in the piece, the green courts. And, uh, it was absolutely submerged. Um, and I uh, you know, I have a recollection of that, uh, Jules. And I have, you know, I suppose one of my earliest recollections was sitting in the crowd the day that John Mecken... John Mecken oh, that's the, the one post. that comes to mind for me. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yep, he, he just he, he couldn't he couldn't hold it in, John. He kept going and he kept going and he pushed the boundaries and they said, John, we've had enough of you. Get out of here. You're done. Default, Mister McEnroe. Yes, that's right. That was huge at the time. Then he didn't he come back a couple of years later and had a really good run and everyone loved him. Yeah, he's always been the hero and the villain, and he's a great uh, great character, McEnroe. He's obviously heavily involved with tennis still as a commentator. You know, Labor Cup um, as one of the captains with Beyond Borg and. Yeah, I mean, he's probably, in in a lot of ways, maybe more likable post his tennis career. But that yeah, that would go for a lot of sports people. You see them in a you know, different perspective from the, just the heat of battle. And and I mean, if you I heard the boys talking about this this morning. If you haven't been to an Australian Open in recent times, that what what they've done to the whole precinct is incredible. Uh, you know, in terms of the the facilities for the players and the spectators and all the activations and. And everything. I've noticed this year they're bringing in uh, the AO courtside bar. So 400 uh, capacity overlooks court six. It's sort of been referred to as the, it'll turn into the, the party court at the Australian Open. We know there's a big thing around sport at the moment. You sort of adapt or die and, you know, cricket have had their issues and golf have had their issues. And mm. do you think tennis needs to jazz its up a little bit? Or do you think that's not such an issue around tennis as it might be with other sports with golf that are bought in party holes and, you know, 54-hole tournaments and these sort of things? Yeah, well, yeah, so you're talking to a tennis purist here. So, you know, the stuff on court is entertaining enough for me, but, I, you know, I'm not the... Um, I'm sort of embedded in it all and I love the sport, but, you know, for the people who are theatre-goers, who are one-offs and who, uh, you know, come to the Australian Open, you know, there was obviously, the, you know, when Nick's playing, there are people who just come because they want to watch Kyrgios. They couldn't, um, they couldn't care about the rest of the field. So, yeah, I think the AO is always trying to be innovative. Uh, hats off to them for that. They come up with something different every single year. And the precinct, you're right, it's just uh, phenomenal, stretching from pretty much Fed Square all the way through to Richmond Station. That That is something that the other slams aren't afforded, that, that sort of real estate, you know, to expand the tournament to have the inner ring and then the outer ring that you could not see a ball hit, Jules, and, and say you've actually been to the Australian Open. That, that's how big it's become. So, um, yeah, I mean, tennis, look, I, just generally as a product, I mean, if, it, if you're asking me the biggest thing that could maybe improve 
in tennis, there are too many uh, delays. Mm. Uh, there are too many times that players are going off court, you know, where there's not continuous play. The rule book says there should be continuous play. Um, so there's a lot of things that need to be tightened up as a product um, where people's time is, you know, pretty valuable. And tennis matches, obviously, you know the start time. You don't know the end time. There's no buzzer yep. at the end of it all. Uh, so, yeah, tennis has got to keep evolving, whatever that looks like on and off the court. Uh, later on in the show yesterday, we spoke to Wally Masseur. Obviously, a lot of buzz around uh, Alex Dimonor at the moment, and fair enough. We've got nine men inside the top 100 at the moment. Who are you most excited for outside of Alex Dimonor for what they can achieve in 2024? Well, if this comes uh, true, I'll, uh, we'll play this little grab on uh, SEN at Ooh, some point. Here we go. Look, I'm, well, I'm really bullish. It's not, it's, well, not necessarily me, but um, I'm really bullish about uh, Max Purcell. Yep. And he's just actually come back with Nathan Healy. And Nathan Healy laid the foundations with he's got this uh, coaching uh, method called play awake. And it's all about the mind. It's all about getting yourself into that, just that frame of mind to dig in and play hard-nosed tennis and, and not be over-emotional, be able to control your emotions, play the points. And, and it, it's quite, quite in-depth. And Nathan, you know, was with uh, Max when he was in the 200s, but he could see... He could see the potential. And he said on the first serve in 2021, Jules, that he could be a top 20 player. That's what he predicted. Now, Max is, what, about 40-odd at the moment, and he's just come back with Nathan. Uh, It was a split that we didn't see coming. This is what happens in tennis. Partnerships just go by the wayside. Some come back, some don't. If Nathan can take him 20 spots higher... Plus, uh, you know that'll vindicate what he thought of Max, and he has got he has got some freakish talent. I think he's now starting to believe, and he's matured a hell of a lot. He's 25, so he's still not at his peak and in, in that peak window. But Max Purcell, anyone that's watched him play some Davis Cup, particularly for Australia in the last 12 months, with the serve that he's got, his ability at the net, he's a Wimbledon doubles champion. He can absolutely hit the cover off the ball. He can play some dinky sort of shots. It's just a bit of everything. He can throw some junk in. Uh, he, to me, has got the most upside if mentally and physically and the game can all come together at the same time. I like it. Uh, never won a singles game at the Australian Open. He's played in the singles draw twice. So that'll be a nice little milestone to tick off uh, this year. Just on Tanasi Kokonakis, we spoke about where he was at Yesterday, hasn't won a match since October. He's had a bit of an injury as well, which kept him out of the Davis Cup. Is that a a bit of a setback, not at least getting a couple more matches under his belt in Adelaide? You know, three-set loss is not the end of the world, but the fact that he, he just can't get a couple more matches under his belt now. I think last night sort of typified his matches, and, you know, he his matches are a roller coaster. If you look back at all his results, while he has been fit and healthy, which has been great, that's been the first box uh, Jules, for him to tick the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of him play, but you know, a lot of matches he has the advantage. He then loses the momentum. He gets it back. They turn into titanic struggles. Not so much last night, but a lot of his matches will go to you know third set tie breaks or you know, and they're stretching two, three hours. He, and for all the firepower that he's got, he just can't seem to put opponents away. And there's that sort of mental disintegration through matches as well. Now, we had the crowd right there with him. Great crowd in Adelaide courtside last night. They got him bouncing up and early. And then in the blink of an eye, he sort of just lost that. And he'll go wandering. The mind will sort of wander a little bit. Yeah, look, he can sit between 50 and 100 all year, which he's good enough to do. 
and you, you've got to win it, you know, enough matches and at the key tournaments, and that'll earn you a pretty good living. But we no doubt know he's top 50, but I just don't know whether he has got it in him to take his tennis further. That's the question mark I have. Qualifiers get underway at Melbourne Park today. Thankfully, the weather gods are far kinder than they were yesterday. Uh, is there a couple of matches, a couple of names we should be looking out for today? Yeah, it's all kicked off. The weather's uh, beautiful. We've got 15 Aussies out of our contingent of 25. And right now on court three, there is a young girl from the Gold Coast who, big raps, I've seen her play a couple of times. We've had her on the first serve. Very well-spoken, Jules, for a 15-year-old, Emerson Jones. Her brother Hayden is also in qualifying. Uh, so good weather, good tennis players the Gold Coast uh, produces. And she's a, a potential star of the future. Uh, Hayden out there on uh, 1573 Arena a little bit later on. Arena Rodianova, I know a lot of talk whether she should have got a wild card. She shouldn't have, but she's in uh, qualifying. So she'll have to roll up the sleeves and win three matches. Talia Gibson's the other really impressive uh, young player, 19-year-old from Perth. And a young kid is really good reps on. Um, if you want to get along, $10 to get into Melbourne Park today and get out to all the qualities courts is Pavle Marinkov, who... Uh, actually, is, his ranking's about 1,000. He's only 17, but he actually beat a top 200 player at the Canberra Challenger uh, last week. So he's one that we've got a little asterisk next to that I was watching on the live stream, Jules, and he's yeah, he's got a big game. So, yeah, plenty of the young Aussies, and hopefully we can get a nice little batch uh, through to the main draw. That'd be nice. You look through the men's draw, uh, there's some real familiar names in there. You know, Benoit Pair and Diego Schwartzman, uh, these sort of players. How tough is it for players like that that have, you know, been seeded before in Grand Slam tournaments that have to go right back and just try and scrap their way in? Yeah, look, and just yeah, mentioning the name Schwartzman, I mean, he was, uh, you know, up, up there at the top echelon for quite some time, a couple of Grand Slam quarters, was at world number eight, but regularly inside that top 20 for a period. So he... He's really fallen away. But, look, if you, these guys, they love tennis. They just, it's their lifestyle. They love playing. Um, they know what they're capable of. And, yeah, it's not totally ideal to be in uh, qualifying. But, you know, they go in with confidence knowing that we've still got it. We, we can still play. Yes, we haven't had the best period. Uh, you know, Benoit, who would know what he's going to produce? It could be love and love. It could be the other <laughs> way. Uh, it's what Moody has rocked Correct. up. What bed, side of the bed he slept on this morning, uh, Jules. But... Yeah, I mean, it's just it's in their blood to play, and players are playing a lot longer these days, so they'll fight and scrap and do what they need to do. We've been asking before I let you go for you know wild sporting predictions for the year because uh, Michael Clark said Steve Smith can break Brian Lara's record of 400 in an innings if he's a Test opener, and Gazy said late last year that uh, the Boomers will win the gold medal in Paris. Had one off the 40 Winks temper saying Nick Curios will win Wimbledon this year. What, what odds would you give for that? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, he long odds to play I, I, at Wimbledon, let alone win it. Yeah, no, I, I'm just keen. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to come back. And, is he going to come back and play? I mean, I don't. Who know. knows? I don't know, Jules. Mm. Who would know? Who would know? Um, you know, there's a lot of people who thought that he should have been playing last year if he had to manage these injuries a hell of a lot better. So everyone can make their own uh, mind up about. Uh, Nick, I know there's a lot of people who are desperate for him to play. They love Kyrgios, and that's great. Um, you know, in full flight, yes, you know, it's compelling. Uh, but if you're not in love with the sport, I mean, I think if he was in love with the sport, he'd probably be playing. Mm. And that's never going to injuries Are these mm. injuries that bad that he's only been able to play one match? One match in the last uh, 18 months? I don't know. Well, he doesn't dot every I and cross every T, does he? 
No. Like the greats do. That's a fact. Mm. It'll be a much watch whether he gets out there or not uh, this year. BP, enjoy the qualies. The sun is out and shining. We'll talk again tomorrow. Indeed. Thank you, Julian.